0: Hey, good morning. Hey, if you're new, uh, I'm Charlie, the lead pastor here, man. We really are uh, glad that you're here with us. Hope you had a great Christmas. Um, we had a really good Christmas uh, hanging out with me, my wife and our girls. Uh, it was kind of just us on Christmas Day. It was just kind of fun and just kind of relaxing and enjoyed it. Um, I got a gift um, from my from my older girls. Uh, it's a shirt. They got, they got me a shirt, and they wanted me to they wanted me to wear it. They said, hey, Dad, will you, will you preach in this shirt? And it's it's... It's not this shirt. It's not. It's not this shirt. It's not this shirt. It's actually. It's actually. It's actually this shirt. It's actually this shirt. And I was like, "Will you preach in this shirt?" I. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't. know. I don't know. I was like, "Please!" And so, after some high level negotiations, I said, "What if? What if I wore it under under underneath the shirt?" And I just and I just showed it to them briefly, Well that worked. Oh yeah, that would be great. So this is about to be really uncomfortable because I'm buttoning the shirt a little bit, but um, You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys know what Bitmoji is. Right, where you make a little cartoon version of yourself. You're so, okay. So, so I'm sorry. 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 So this is me, right here, with the with the with the fat fat stacks right there, flashing, flashing hundreds. So there you go. Merry Christmas. There you go. You can always always remember this. Sorry. Woo. Yeah. I know. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, something okay, um, so um, getting kind of uh, getting ready uh, for the series, starting a new series, and, and we basically call it uh, response, and kind of spending some time talking about like the things that we do, like I encourage people to do after the service. You've been here before. There's like different things that we kind of want you to do, kind of to to reflect about. Uh, what's happened in the service, kind of spur on some thinking, some growth. So we're going to spend the next few weeks just kind of talking through a lot of that. And as I was thinking about that in this, in this series, specifically this Sunday, I was like, you know, one, one of the challenges that I feel like that we have is um, coming to church has, has become ordinary, you know, church, it comes it comes every week, right? it comes all the time, and it's just kind of well, you, you sing songs, you hear a message, it just kind of comes ordinary and routine. And actually, in fact, you know, church is it's extraordinary. The idea that you can come and worship and praise the Almighty Creator God, and that God will show up and speak directly to your heart. I mean that that's that's the kind of thing. No matter how many times it happens, the God of the universe speaking to you. No matter how many times it happens, it should be extraordinary every time. But this happens to us, you know. Something becomes routine, even though it's amazing, it becomes ordinary. And, and I and I tease my wife about this because we've been married almost twenty five years, and and to me, she's I still think she I mean, she's incredibly good looking, and she'll and, and she'll catch me just kind of staring at her sometimes. And it makes her a little bit uncomfortable, I guess. I don't know. And she's like, "What? What? What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just looking at you. You're beautiful." And he's like, "Ugh." And I'm like, "What's the alternative, right? What's the alternative? Ho hum. Same old wife. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Looks like she always did. Who even cares, right? I mean, you know, with that, right? I mean, this, this is better. This is better. And because you know, because sometimes, honestly, this is going to sound weird. I, I was. I had to give disclaimers first service because she was in here. People probably thought I was trying to earn points. I'm not trying to earn points. She's not even in here, right? Uh, yeah, sometimes, like going on dates, I still get a little bit nervous and like holding their hand every now and then. It's kind of like I, I can just I can remember, I can remember what it was like to kind of try to try to make that move thirty years ago or whatever, right? And um, and and you have to work, I think, like in a relationship like that to keep to keep it extraordinary, to keep it vibrant, to, to not let routine kind of cheapen it. And I think we struggle with that with church. I think, I think it becomes something where church is something that you have to do, right? It's, it's Sunday, it's what Christians do, got to get mad if you don't, you got to get the points or whatever. When really what it is, is we have an opportunity to encounter the God of the universe. To tell him through song and, and, and through, through proclamation how incredible we think he is. And we give him an opportunity. Again, think about this. The creator of the universe to speak to you. Well, that, that's incredible. And, and we have the opportunity for that all the time. And so we're going to fight. We're going to fight to keep that extraordinary. And so we're going to talk about today kind of some things that I think that we can do in order to do that. And so I was trying to think, I was kind of getting ready for this Sunday. I was like, what would be, what are, what are, some, good, what are some good kind of um, stories or whatever that kind of talk about people who have God encounters and then have a good like, post-response to them? And, and it hit me. There are some great ones of those in the Christmas story. And I was like, well, since for our entire Christmas series, we did not talk about one Christmas story, what if after Christmas is over, all we do for this this Sunday is we talk about Christmas? So that's what we're going to do, because I'm weird, all right? That's that's why my daughter's got me that shirt, because I'm weird, all right? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at basically kind of these three different characters uh, who have these kind of different responses after the kind of their encounter with jesus and we'll kind of figure out how we can learn from him and here's here's the secret i'll just kind of kind of let you in on it um this is probably going to be next year's christmas series so just you're just kind of helping me you're kind of helping me with prep so it'll be 12 months so really enjoy it today and then forget that it happened so that it'll all be fresh next year all right so we're going to start with the wise men we're going to start with the wise men and make sure we understand who, who these guys are they were these they're these kind of these, these wealthy, rich, powerful people from, from far away who saw Jesus' star. And so they go on this incredibly long journey to try to figure out who this is because God has revealed to them in some way that this is not just some person, um, but someone who's worthy of worship. we are not exactly sure how God communicated this to them, what, what, what the deal was with this star, but they knew, they knew that God had, God had shown this to them in some way where they knew that somehow this was, this was not just a king, but someone worthy of worship. And so they make this long journey. And so we connect this with Christmas because they saw the star. But, they, you know, they weren't there at Christmas. It's important thing you know that. It took, it took a long time to get there. And so you do me a favor. This is just for me. Next year, you put out your nativity set. Just, just, take the, just take the wise man. put them in a different room in the house. I mean, they can be faced. They have them face your nativity. It works out really well if you can put it east. I don't know how your house is laid out, but you can put them east of your nativity set in another room it just it works out makes a great opportunity to talk to kids and you can be weird like me um so they're coming they're 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 coming on their way and they make their way to jerusalem which is you know the kind of the capital and they go to the king there and it's like man we saw this star and god kind of revealed this to us like there's been this major event here can you tell us where 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 this son of god person was born and you know they weren't aware but they're like well i mean we can Look it up. They look up in the Old Testament. Says it's supposed to be in Bethlehem. Like, great. So then they head to Bethlehem. And then God does this really cool thing. You know, it, it, Bethlehem's a small town, but there's still enough little homes where you're like, you're not sure where you're going to be able to find him. And suddenly God kind of f- flashes the star back. And, and the star just kind of guides them directly to uh, where Jesus currently is. And so they're really excited about that. And again, they just kind of, it's just this buildup of this cool thing that God is doing in their lives. And so then, then they get there, and that leads us to Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. <coughs> Excuse me. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so they, they, they see him, and they just immediately worship. I mean, they are, they are, they're just so excited. I mean, again, this has been a weeks, months-long journey that they prepared for in advance. They knew that they were going to have this really cool kind of God encounter, and so they're really excited, and they finally get there, and God does all these cool things to help them get to this place, and they're so excited, and they worship, and then the next thing that they do is they open up gifts that they had brought because they knew that who they they who they were going to see, they were they needed to worship him, but they also needed to give him gifts. So the gifts of gold, frankincense, and mark. Who who by the way, who was who was at the um, the six o'clock Christmas Eve service? The second. Alright? Okay, so a lot of you missed it. So we're reading this story, right? We're reading this story, talking about the wise man. I'm like all right, so what were in the three gifts? And this one kid says gold, like, yeah. And then the next kid, he shouts out, Fortnite weapons. <laughs> so you should come to both Christmas Eve services because you never know what these kids are going to do. It's not, not, in fact, Fortnite weapons. It's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so they have these gifts. And so here's what the wise men did, kind of in anticipation of their encounter with Jesus. The wise men, they were prepared, and they were prepared to worship with gifts. So there's a couple of different things that we need to make sure. They mentally, emotionally, spiritually, for weeks in advance, had prepared their hearts and their minds to worship. They knew what was going to happen. They didn't know exactly what was going to go down, but they knew they were about to have a God encounter. And as such, they mentally, spiritually, and physically prepared for it. And, 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 and one of the ways in which they do that is they brought gifts. This was not some small thing. This was a, this was a long journey for them. And again, there you can see all throughout the story a building of anticipation of what God is going to do when they finally get to meet this child. And again, this is kind of a, 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 a big one-time thing. But, but again, the thing that we're talking about preparing ourselves for Even though it's routine, it's still on that same level of extraordinary. We have an opportunity to encounter God. And I think the best way for us to do that is to mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prepare ourselves for it in advance. There's a there's there's this thing out there, it just seems to happen. I don't necessarily know why. I have some theories, I guess, but that some, of the, some of the worst fights that seem to happen sometimes in families is in the drive from church from home to church. Like this, and sometimes you see it, and I try not to notice it, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, that happened to them. But you can just feel it. There's just kind of this tension. Usually somebody's running late or whatever, or the kids are doing something. There's all these reasons to be stressed, and, and, and just kind of this buildup happens. And we come here, and we're nowhere near where we need to be. The reality of it is for us to really have the kinds of experiences and encounters with God that we, we you have to prepare yourself for it. So what if you spent the entire morning just, just thinking about that? I wonder what, I wonder what God's going to do. I expect God to do something today. I'm going to be looking for the thing that God is going to do. I believe God has something He wants to say to me today. And so mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I'm preparing myself for that. And by the time you get here, it's no surprise. The only surprise is when in the service is God going to do it? How is God going to do it? What specifically is God going to say to me? But I have been all morning and perhaps even all week preparing myself for a really cool thing that I believe God is going to do in the service. And so part of their preparation was is that they had something to bring. And so there is a reason why we do, we, we, we do the offering after the sermon. We kind of do it more towards the end because it is a worship response to the goodness of God. Now, we talk about giving um, usually at some point during the spring. and We just kind of talk about the discipline of that and, and kind of some good ideas about money because money is kind of a big deal and we kind of need to put it in its right perspective. And It's important for us to talk about. And one of the things we talk about primarily, you know, that one of the foreign things is that it's required of us. But sometimes I think we kind of limit it as well as what, what I have to do. Or maybe sometimes we think of it in terms of, well, I mean, we're all part of this, this church together, and any organization, everybody kind of has to contribute in order for us to pay the bills that the organization has. But the reality of it is, it is, it is a worship response. God is good. God is active in my life. He is the Lord, and I give what I have to Him. He gives me everything, I give back to Him. And, and, and these wise men, they, 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 they knew this that an appropriate way to worship is to give. And so they expected God to do something in them. But they also knew that part of their worship was to give back. Now I know that a lot of us, and kind of in this age, most people are giving online, well over two-thirds of our giving comes in. It's not something that people as much or as often bring to the worship service, which is fine, Um. I'm a big believer in online giving. But there's still a mentality of giving that we can bring regardless of how your money gets transferred from your account to a church's account. I think we need to come with an attitude to church that says, I'm not only expecting God to do something for me, that God is wanting to do something through me. So we do that through giving, We can do that through serving. What a a great opportunity with our kids, with the greeting team, with our worship and tech team. There's lots of different ways to say that I'm going to have an opportunity to give. Or maybe even if I'm not on one of those teams, just even in the say hi to somebody around you or after the service, that I'm looking for an opportunity to not only receive during the service, but to give. Because I believe the people who are keeping the service and their worship of God, the freshest, are the people who come with an attitude of both, I expect God to do something for me, but I'm also expecting God to do something through me. I come with an attitude of receiving and an attitude of giving. Uh, with, with money, with, with investment of my time, of service, of something. That is a way that I believe that we can have this incredible time of worship. And the wise men were prepared. They expected God to show up in a big way. And he did. And they were prepared for it. And they responded by serving and giving back to the one that they were worshiping. So that story of, of the wise men. And we got a couple more here. The next one we're going to look at is Mary. And Mary, um, and she, let's just honest, let's be honest, she had a really rough nine months. I mean, it, it starts with this incredible encounter with an angel where God, where God says, hey, hey, I'm, I'm doing this incredible thing. I, you're about to have a baby, and it's not going to be because of any man. It's something that the Holy Spirit has done. And this son is going to be the Messiah, and you're going to give birth to the very son of God. And, 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 and she's overwhelmed by it, rightly. But then what happens next? Well, what happens next is an unwed teenage mother is walking around pregnant, and she was engaged, and, and her fiancé, no, well, I didn't, I didn't have sex with her. And now there's all these whispers and rumors, and, and almost loses her fiancé, but God intervenes and kind of keeps Joseph uh, with, with Mary. And she's wanting to be really excited, but she just can't deal with the, I'm sure, the whispers and the gossip. I'm sure there's no way this is what she thought it was going to be. When you are selected to be the one person in the entire history of the world to be able to carry the very Son of God. And what happens is isolation, loss, whispers, gossip. I mean, you're expecting, right? I mean, if God's going to do something really cool, I'm going to bless you and you're do this incredible thing, right? You're expecting like the little angels carrying you around on the clouds, right? Little harps playing and maybe grape feeding or something like that. This is the opposite of that. And then you finally get to the end, right? And you're like eight months pregnant. It's like, well, then all of a sudden this idiot Roman governor says, I'm going to take a census and I can't count you where you are. You got to go back to your hometown. I'm like, well, what, what? Who wants to travel when they're eight months pregnant on the back of a donkey? Nobody. Okay, fine. Well, I, Bethlehem's fine, I guess. And then they get there and again, it has to be... It was crowded, for one. But imagine it would also be, again, part of the shame. I'm not going to let the, the... I mean, if you had... You would give up your bed, right? For the eight-month pregnant cousin, wouldn't you? Again, unless there was shame involved. And so they end up in a barn. She, has, she gives birth in a barn, that is not what you are thinking. When God says, "I'm going to do this really cool thing in your life," but that's where she is. Now she's had this baby, and I can I can only imagine the doubt that has to be running through her head. The uh, I, I misread something. Something's weird. Something's wrong. Something's off. And then all of a sudden, boom! I don't know where these shepherds show up, and they are excited. You will not believe this awesome thing that happened. We're standing there. This one angel came. This one angel said, this a baby. And he's going to be in this barn. It's going to be really cool. And then all of a sudden, there's like thousands of them. And they were all singing. And they said, we've got to come down here. And here we are. It's awesome. And then it's like, boom. In a moment, she's back. God, God, didn't, God didn't abandon him. He's been here the whole time. And this is how it describes her reaction in verse 19 of Luke chapter 2. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Such a simple little verse, but this verse has is always, is always, always kind of yelled at me a little bit. It's just a, it's just a powerful, emotive statement. She's had this chaotic nine months, ups and downs, and most recently a lot of downs. And then this cool thing with the shepherds. And now she's got this time. And she's got some time to process all of these things that have happened. And it says that she, that she treasured them and pondered them in her heart. And so what she did, we'll say it this way. That what she did is she treasured the experience and, and then she meditated on it. So she treasured the experience and then meditated. And so she looks back and it says she treasures these things. And it's like, man... That was that was awesome. It was it was a rough road getting here. But in 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 my exhaustion and in, and in, in being at the end of myself, man, God showed up big. And now that I have a little bit of perspective on it, man, God's been there the whole time. Isn't God really good? Isn't God amazing? And I just begin to see and I reflect and I'm so thankful and I'm like, man, God is doing something big and she treasures that. And I think when we gather together, I think it's important for us to be like, man, we sing, there's a reason why we sing a lot of upbeat worship songs that talk about the awesome and greatness of God. God is good. God is great. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's doing great things for me and in me, and I treasure that. And then we come here, and and we get to have that moment, and then at some point along the way, God spoke to me. Maybe it was through something someone said to me, just talking to a friend. Maybe it was during one of the worship songs. Maybe it was during the message. Maybe it was multiple points. And I got to get up today and come here, and the God of the universe spoke to me. And there's a reason why we don't end the service at the message. Because at some point, hopefully, in the first, you know, 45 to 50 minutes of our time together, God has spoken to you. And you know what we need to do with that? We need to treasure it. But then we need to do the next thing that Mary did. And she didn't say she just treasured the experience. She treasured the experience and she meditated she asked the question, what does this mean? It says so she, she took them all up, she pondered, treasured it in her heart, and then she pondered them. What, what does this mean? What is God trying to say? What's God, what's God doing? And I think that our worship experience would get magnified if we spent a little bit of time at the end of every service going, okay, God, I feel like I heard you. I feel like you spoke to me. You spoke to me through that worship song. There was that, there was that one point in the message where, where, where he said this, and it really spoke to me. Why? What, is, what does that mean? God, what are you, what are you trying to, to tell me? And then wait for him to answer. It's really interesting, this happens to me, it happens to me uh, quite often, where someone will come up to me, either right after the message, or sometime later in the week, and say, man, your, your message really spoke to me. They're like, well, tell me about it. And then they'll say, "When da 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 and, and, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, that isn't what I preached about. I I I what I was, that wasn't what I was, I'm like, I'm like mm-hmm, okay, right? And... Um, was sort of almost something I kind of said in passing over here. But God took it, and He did something in you. So there's lots of things that we say, lots of things that we do, lots of songs, lots of things happening, and there's going to be this moment where God kind of gets you. Again, if we prepare ourselves for it. If we prepare ourselves to to encounter God, then God's going to have this moment. It's going to get you. And then you need to ask Him, All right, God, what are are you trying to say? And there's some prayers that I can say with 100% confidence that God will respond to you almost immediately. And this is one of them. God, what are, what are you what are, what are you saying here? What do you want me to do? What change are you wanting me to make? Why 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 did you draw my attention to that? Why did that worship song speak to me? Why did that point really get to me? God, God, what do you want? So I'm telling you, that's one of the things that God is going everywhere looking for is a heart open for Him to speak to. There's not ever going to come a moment where God's going to kind of draw your attention to something and really kind of kind of kind of speak to you and say, like, Well, God, God, what do you want me to do? There's not ever going to come a moment where He's going to go, ah, you know, Now that I think about it, you're you're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine just the way you are. He's always got something that He wants to do to help you, to change you, to redirect you, to improve you, to get you closer to Him, to repair things that are broken in your life. But we have to get to the point to where we're willing to take the time to treasure that moment and then meditate and reflect on it. Some of the most significant things that have ever happened to me and the decisions that I've made have come during these kinds of reflection times. There's two very specific ones I think about. One was at this youth camp when I was a teenager and one was, uh, was summer um, when I was in college. And it was both the same thing, kind of in the service, kind of having this time of reflection. And God says, i I got a different plan for your life than you do. i like, well, what's that? Dangerous question. What's that? I, I, I want you to be a pastor. You know, and, and, I, and I ran from it, but he, he wouldn't let me run from it. Between high school and college, he brings it back in. Hey, you remember that thing? I, I'm, I'm still pretty serious about that. You know, my, and, my, and my life changes because in a moment, um, I'm willing to ask the question. Now, not every week, and are not going to call like if you say, "Hey, God, what do you want to see?" That we're not all going to become pastors, but God's got something for you that He's wanting to say. But you're going to have to ask Him. We're going to wrap up here with the shepherds. You know, they have the encounter, and they're all excited. And the angels come sing, and they run down to Mary, and says that she treasures. away thank you that you are not disinterested thank you for speaking to me today and then you need to tell somebody you need to tell the person you came with the thing that god laid on your heart today. you need to tell the people in your small group you need to tell people around you who are thirsty and dying because they are not having those encounters you are surrounded by people Meditate and reflect and say, God, if all of this is true, what would it mean? How how can I keep this from being ordinary? God, how can I better prepare myself for worship? I'm not even really sure, God, what he's talking about when he says that you speak to me. If you want to do that, I'd like to hear it right now. Here we are.